Thank you very much, Mark. And so I did. I bring some of the brought some of these St. Joseph booklets, one per couple, uh, when you leave. And um, it's a joy to be here. The last time I was here it was about 10 years ago. There was a weekend event, and as I was driving up here today, I saw this magnificent cathedral. As you drive down, I said, "Holy smokes! Isn't that something? That must be 200 million dollars." So I hope you brought your wallet tonight. First off, people wonder why my name is Father Rocky, so I have to clear that out, right? So when I was born, my mother wanted a boy named Peter. I was the youngest of eight, and it was pretty clear I was going to be the last child. And my father said, well, I'd like a child with my father's name. So I was baptized Francis Joseph Hoffman after my grandfather. But my mother, being clever, determined an Irish, nicknamed me Rocky, which means Peter, right? Rock is Peter. My older brother's sisters thought that was cool. And I didn't know my name was Francis until first day of grade school. When I went to Santa Maria de Popola School in Mundelein and Sister Una was taking roll call and she said, Francis Hoffman, Francis Hoffman. I'm thinking, I must have a cousin around here. <laughs> Finally, she looked down at me and said, are you Francis Hoffman? I said, I hope not. That's a girl's name. So I've tried to shake the name Rocky a number of times, and I came back to Chicago. That's my, those are my roots, and everybody calls me Father Rocky. So thank you, Dr. Donald, for the invitation here. It's an honor and joy to be here, and it's wonderful to see the marvelous growth here at Christendom College. We were speaking at the table early in our conversation about the challenges we face in our country and our culture today. What's the solution? Christendom College is the solution. Fine education, training people to think for themselves. Very important what you do here. So we're happy that Relevant Radio can promote this and speak about this. And I want to thank everyone here in the room for your support of Christian College and encourage you to continue to support it. I've been asked to speak about St. Joseph. Very happy to do so. We have a statue of St. Joseph here with baby Jesus. Did you know that St. Joseph is Italian? Oh, yeah. Ask any Italian. They'll tell you. He's Italian, right? That's Italian version of St. Joseph. So it's very timely because last year on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Pope Francis surprised us, as he likes to do, by giving us no notice that today begins the year of St. Joseph. Yeah, today? Yeah, today. Until the uh, following year to commemorate the 150th anniversary of Pope Pius IX uh, declaring uh, uh, Pope uh, St. Joseph as the protector of the Universal Church. The year was 1870. And uh, the Vatican had just lost almost all of its property from the consolidation of Italy. And the irony of that is um, 108 years later, with the Vatican reduced to about 80 acres and very few people, it had the greatest prestige in over 1,000 years with the leadership of John Paul II. And we saw that the day he died. Every head of state was there. And there's a very important uh, point there that we can learn. The power of the church is not in property or money. The power of the church is in testimony and truth and courage. And St. John Paul had that extraordinary courage. So it was 150 years ago that the church in Rome and Italy was facing what they thought were very dire situation. And Pope Pius IX, perhaps by an inspiration, decided to declare St. Joseph as the protector of the universal church. And I'd like to share uh, some anecdotes about my own development of devotion to St. Joseph. Um, my middle name is Joseph. I've always put down Francis J. Hoffman until this year, the year of St. Joseph. I write up my whole name, Francis Joseph Hoffman. I'm really blessed that my middle name is Joseph. 
And um, I've always known of St. Joseph, and he's been big in the spirituality of Opus Dei, at least with our founder, St. Maria. We renew our commitments every year on the Feast of St. Joseph. We entrust vocations to St. Joseph. Maria was very proud of his name, Jose. But it never really went beyond that, right, beyond that, until I started working at Relevant Radio in 2009 full-time, and our economic situation was upside down. We were just so over our head in debt. And one day we met with the Bishop of Green Bay, David Ricken, who's a very spiritual person and believes in God. In fact, uh, approved the apparition there in the, um, in, in the diocese, Our Lady of Good Help. And he was listening to our situation about, um, you know, mission is great, testimonials are great, conversions are great, the spirit is great, but we're upside down in finances, really like 150% in debt. Normally in that situation, you stick it to the bank, you go bankrupt, you, you, you all go home and say, well, we tried, right? So he listened attentively, and he said, oh, 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 well, you need a miracle. Thanks, Bishop. <laughs> he said it just like that. Oh, you need a miracle. And then he said something I never heard. You need to go to the Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal. I had never heard of the Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal. So you need to go there. In fact, I will take you there. I mean, when's the last time a bishop clears four days off his calendar to fly up to Montreal in the middle of winter we went up there in February of 2010, and it's the largest church of St. Joseph in the world. Who has been there before? Anyone in this room? Some of you. So it's more known here. I'd never even heard of it. I'd never even heard of St. Andre Bissette. So we fly up there, and the church is enormous. And um, we stayed at the One Star Hotel. That's part of the deal. All right? It's clean. There are no bugs, but there are no private bathrooms, right? It's, it's part of the deal, right? And you walk up the stairs... I don't know, there's about 120 stairs. If you want to go, you can go on your knees. And then you have to kiss the feet of Jesus on the crucifix, like the Filipino women do, even though I'm a, you know, an American who's Anglo-Saxon. You got to kiss the feet of Jesus on the crucifix. They're worn away. And then you got to go to confession, which there is really easy, because they don't speak English. They speak French. I mean, you're just going to let it all out, right? There you go. Great confession. You go to Mass. You put your hand on the tomb of St. Andre. He, and he was a little guy, right? He was a little guy, maybe five feet tall. St. Andre takes you to St. Joseph. St. Joseph takes you to Jesus, and your problems are solved. That's the way the bishop uh, spoke about it. Like, like, that's all you have to do, right? So we went there, and I'm standing in front of the statue of St. Joseph and all of the um, vigilites there, and I'm working the numbers in my head because I used to work for an accounting firm, and I'm thinking, uh, uh, this is not going to work, you know? And somehow the number seven... Uh, popped into my head. Now, seven is a very Catholic number, right? Seven sacraments, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, seven days of the week. I always say that when I get a seven on a par three. I said seven is a very Catholic number. Try to make the best out of a bad situation, right? And I'm thinking, you know, if we could only get seven million dollars, we could then dig ourselves out of the hole. And I said, seven million dollars? You're never going to get seven million dollars. I mean, getting a seven thousand dollar gift is a cause of celebration. And I felt a little bit like Gollum, you know, in, in that movie, back and forth, like psychologically tormented. And I said, wait, wait a second. Harvard gets $7 million every week. Yale gets every month. Notre Dame gets every six weeks. And what we're doing at Relevant Radio is far more important, St. Joseph, you know it, than what Notre Dame and Harvard and Yale are doing. Let's, let's admit it. And so I just kind of left it there. 
And we came back, and that day in our pledge drive, it was February 11th, 2010, the Feast of Our Lady Lords, we raised $525,000 on the air, which was like three times we had ever risen, uh, raised before. And the needle went in that direction. Within a year, this is a true story, a woman had given us a $7 million gift, and then she died from cancer. So half of it was to pay off debt, and she said, the other half you have to use to grow. I said, oh, that doesn't make any sense. We're in no room to grow. She left a little note, believe in miracles. Believe in miracles. And that's what started our, our growth. So part of the deal, if you go to the Oratory of St. Joseph, and you probably all have needs sooner or later, um, go there with that kind of expectant faith, you have to go back and thank him. So the next year we went back to thank St. Joseph, the Oratory of St. Joseph, and we did a pretty good job thanking him, and we still had three hours of nothing to do. So I asked him for some more. So we've been going back every year, all right? You got to thank him, and then you ask him for more. It's like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Now, I haven't been back since COVID shut the border, but as soon as the border is open, I'm going to get there. So 12 years later, Relevant Radio now reaches 244 million people in this country, and it's all about St. Joseph. The first station we bought was in uh, Rhode Island. And when we petitioned the FCC for the license, we said, can we change the call letters from WBEZ, a business station, WSJW, St. Joseph the Worker. Now, there's got to be some Catholic in the inside of the FCC because they sent us a telegram on, it looks like a telegram, right? Official correspondence from uh, Washington. On March 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph, granting us those call letters, WSJW. And then that started to spread. Then brokers started coming out of the woodwork asking us to buy stations. And um, uh, long story short, we've been able to grow because of that. So that's a little bit about the story of St. Joseph and up in Montreal. Now, St. Teresa of Avila claims, it's an amazing claim, that St. Joseph never once let her down. That's a magnificent claim, right? Never once let her down. So inspired by that, um, I discovered a prayer, and it's in this booklet, which is a miraculous prayer to St. Joseph. It, it goes, O St. Joseph. And I carry a copy here in my little agenda. We've got a beautiful picture of St. Joseph here by an artist from Seattle. Now, here's what's fascinating. Because when I run a boys' camp every summer, I tell the boys this prayer and the claim, and they all want a copy of it. Here's what it says in the italics below. It says, Some sources claim this prayer was found in the 15th year or the 50th year of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you mean? <laughs> so who wrote it? Was it St. Joseph? Did Jesus write it? Did Mary write it? You know. Now you skip 1,500 years. It says, in 1505, it was sent from the Pope to Emperor Charles when he's going into battle. Now one of our listeners said, wait a second. Emperor Charles was only five years old going into battle. I said, his details, details, right? <laughs> Then it goes on, whoever shall read this prayer or hear it or keep it about themselves shall never die a sudden death. So far, so good. Nor be drowned, I haven't been drowned, nor shall poison take effect of them. I can now eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Neither shall they fall into the hands of the enemy, nor shall they be burned in any fire, nor shall they be overpowered in battle. And then it says, save for nine mornings for anything you may desire. It has never been known to fail. 
Now, before we printed it, some people in our staff said, Father, you can't put it's never been known to fail. It's rarely been known to fail. I said, no, put it's never been known to fail. And, I, and I, I'm convinced of that. Because you may not get what you think you want, but you get what you really want, and later on you'll understand why you wanted it. Or God always answers your prayers for the good. So a very simple prayer. It says, O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession and obtain from me, from your divine Son, all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary of contemplating you and Jesus asleep in your arms. I dare not approach while he proses in your heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for me. Now people say, oh, it can't be that easy. You just say it for nine days in a row. But you know what? It's very difficult to say the same prayer nine days in a row. People usually forget. Unless you really, 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 really want something. I remember the time I really, 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 really wanted something. It was August of 2014. We're trying to buy a station in New York. It was, we're going to go into it 95% leveraged. And at the 11th hour, the attorneys representing various parties tried to pull out the deal. We were going we to take a bath. And I prayed that every day for nine days. And I guarantee that's why we've got the station in New York. And then the word spread and other people started coming uh, to be part of Relevant Radio, and we thank St. Joseph for that. So, it's a great prayer. I encourage you to have it yourself. Each one can discover that devotion. I call it dependence on St. Joseph. And so over the years at Relevant Radio, we had a little statue of St. Joseph by the doorway. It was kind of drafty, and we prayed a, a little prayer to St. Joseph every day. And once we started making a little progress, we gave him a promotion. We moved him to the other side of the chapel, put him on the wall. Right? And then, we put, then we put a spotlight on him. And then he was really rocking. And we said, you know, we'll give him another promotion. We had a hand-carved wooden oak frame with the implements of his trade there and put two spotlights on him and a dozen roses. By golly, he deserved it. And he likes getting the promotions. Who doesn't like getting promotions, right? So there he was for a couple of years. And I said, you know what? We need to get some crowns for St. Joseph. Golden crown for St. Joseph, a golden crown for baby Jesus. And some people in my staff said, Father, it's not a doll. You don't put crowns on it. I said, I know it's not a doll, but he's royal line of David. Get him a crown. Who doesn't like a crown? Missy in our accounting department, when she goes to Burger King, she comes back with a crown on. All right? People like crowns. St. Joseph likes crowns. Jesus wants a crown. Get the crown. All right? They finally got the crowns. Within one month, we had a verbal deal to merge with the Market Heart Radio, and within four years, we went up 400% in our reach. It's all St. Joseph. All right, so if you got St. Joseph at home, get some crowns, I'm telling you. So in the Gospel of Matthew, we read about the genealogy of Jesus. You know, there's two genealogies of Jesus in the Gospels, one tracing Our Lady, the other tracing St. Joseph. St. Joseph is in Matthew, Our Lady is in Luke. And St. Joseph descended from the line of David, who was a king, and Solomon, who was a king. So St. Joseph is in that kingly line, and he has all those kingly virtues, prudence and justice and temperance and fortitude. And he is the most magnificent protector of the Holy Family.
Now, we have a devotion in the church known as the Litany of St. Joseph. This year, the Holy Father added a few more titles to it. You'll find a copy of the Litany here in the book. It doesn't have the new titles. This was printed before that. You'll also find it on the Relevant Radio app, which you can get. That has to be updated as well for that. But I want to speak to you about two of the titles of St. Joseph in the Litany that I find um, really quite um, uh, helpful or useful. One is he's patron of the dying patron for holy death. Now, I've known in my ministry as a priest, sometimes you're called to visit somebody, but you're not sure they really want to visit. All right, so you may find a little conflict at the hospital or the other. So I had a visit right at the height of COVID when no one could enter a hospital, but I knew the woman was dying. It was the mother of a good friend of mine. We prayed to St. Joseph. Somehow I got in. And everything was taken care of. She got the anointing. She died in the state of grace. I'm sure she died and went to heaven. So in our ministry as priests, we often count on St. Joseph to work the angles to make this happen. We need St. Joseph's intercession and the guardian angel's intercession to carry out our ministry. I can't explain it. All I can tell you is that it works. So St. Joseph is the patron of the dying. And every 19th day of the month is honored to St. Joseph. So if you signed up at Relevant Radio for a promotion of St. Joseph this year, you will get a 19-minute talk about St. Joseph on the 19th day of each month. Patrick Madrid does a few. I did one. Tim Ree has done a couple. And it's just a way to kind of honor St. Joseph. So four years ago, on uh, July 19th, 19th of the day, which is St. Joseph's Day, on a Wednesday... A very holy priest died here in Washington, D.C. His name is Father Arnie Panola. Maybe some of you knew him, maybe not. I knew him from the time of 1970. He was a very, very holy priest. And when he died on a Wednesday on the 19th, I said, what a, what a clear sign of God's clemency. Now, how fitting that is. That very same day, a Wednesday, the 19th of the month, the pastor of my parents' parish, where I had uh, uh, grown up, died as well. And he was a very holy priest, Father Ron Lewinsky. But he wasn't very well known. And so I felt, you know, I got to go to his funeral because I don't know if anybody else is going. Boy, was I wrong. About 3,000 other people went to that funeral. I couldn't come out to D.C. But I just, I, you know, you can connect the dots, make it what you, what you want. But we pray to St. Joseph as a patron of a holy death. Now, up in Montreal at the Oratory of St. Joseph, there's a side chapel that has like 10,000 vigil candles and one, two, four, six. I would say eight side altar chapels of a bas-relief of St. Joseph. Eight of the titles are depicted there. Very fine sculptures. And one is of St. Joseph, patron of the dying. And he's behind the bed of an older man who's dying, and his wife is there, and the children are kneeling, and they're sobbing, but they're praying the rosary. What a beautiful scene, to die in the company of your family. And there's a devotion for the prayers of death. I don't know if it's in this book, but it says, let me die as glorious St. Joseph did in the company of Jesus, Mary, proclaiming those names. And then we say, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, assist me in my last agony. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, may I sleep and take my rest in peace with you. So I would encourage you on a daily basis in a little way, pray to St. Joseph that you have a happy and holy death and that you go to heaven. Now, years ago, before I did radio, I was chaplain in a little school in Chicago called Embers Elementary School, pre-K-3 through fifth grade. Just lovely little kids. And I was talking to the second graders one day about heaven, how wonderful heaven will be, and the angels and the saints and Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and their eyes were as big as silver dollars. And I said, how many of you want to go to heaven? 
Everybody put their hands up. One boy put both hands up. I want to go to heaven. I said, how many want to go today? And they all put their hands down. We want to go to heaven, but not quite sure we want to go there yet, right? Later that day, I had to speak to the third graders, and we were talking about the prodigal son, right? And um, how he comes back, and his father kills a fatted calf and gets a ring for his finger and all the rest, and how the older son is all upset and the rest. And I didn't know if the kids really understood it, so I, I, I asked, okay, uh, let's see if you understand that. Who, who was really upset when the prodigal son came back? And one girl raised her hand. I called her, and she said, I think the fatted calf was upset. <laughs> you know, that's the way they think. That's the way they think. The second title that I want to talk to you about is St. Joseph, Protector of the Church. Again, up here in the side chapel of the Oratory of St. Joseph, there's a wonderful picture of St. Joseph with the child Jesus in his arms. And in front of him is St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican which we all know is monumental. And you step into St. Peter's Square, you say, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. But in that depiction, it looks kind of small. And St. Joseph and Jesus look overpowering. So when we get caught up in the difficulties and challenges and the surprises of everyday life and where are things going, remember, St. Joseph, protector of the universal church, and he will help us. So during this year of St. Joseph, um, if you haven't signed up at Relevant Radio, you can get that uh, talk, uh, 19 uh, minutes about St. Joseph every uh, month on the 19th. And then yesterday we announced a new promotion, which is um, really because of the Family Rosary Across America. A lot of people discovering the rosary. We've got a new book out there called Treasures of the Rosary, Reflections on the Rosary by People Who Pray It Daily, Two Saints and One Sinner. The saints are St. John Paul, the other saint is St. Rosemary. I'm the sinner. I wrote some things on it, right? So we've got the letter of St. John Paul from 2002 uh, announcing the luminous mysteries of the rosary, Rosarium Virginis Maria, which is really beautiful. We have the book Holy Rosary Meditations on the Various Mysteries by St. Maria. That's available. And then I did a little writing last year on each of the 54 titles in the litany of the red. It's quite fascinating. It's a little bit like um, a church history there. So those are the things I wanted to say, but as I was getting ready for the talk, I surprised myself. I found four gold coins of St. Joseph the Oratory in Montreal. It was in my briefcase. I don't know if it's real gold. So I thought, well, let's see if somebody could win these coins tonight. So I have four trivia questions. The first one to answer it right gets a medal, limit of one medal, because there's probably some brainiac here who knows the answers to all four, all right? So the first question is, the first question is, what is the title of the book written by the founder of this fine college on the Spanish Civil War? What is the title of Warren Carroll's book on the Spanish Civil War? Does anyone here know that? Yes, sir. It is the last crusade. Please come up and accept your gold coin. Round of applause. Round of applause. And if you haven't read it, you must read it to understand how fickle human emotions can be. Thank you, Mr. William Weber. Okay. For the next gold coin here, little drum roll. Is there anyone here who never won anything in their life? All right. Okay. This might be it. All right. In what century did St. Thomas Aquinas write... 
the Adorate devotee, the Tantum Ergo, the Pongilingo, and the Laudacy. And in what century did St. Thomas Aquinas write those hymns? Yes, sir. That's the 13th century. You win. Come on up. You get a gold coin. Absolutely. Mr. Paul Farachi, thank you. Okay, it's getting to you. There's only two more left. Two more left. I know you want to win. All right. I know you want to win. According to the Gospel of St. Matthew, what was the name of the father of St. Joseph? According to, oh, yes, we have one. It was Joachim. Absolutely. Jacob, come on up. You've got it. Thank you, Professor. All right, now this one is really going to test the intellectual acumen of the Christendom College community. Put on your, do we have any professors here? Okay, you should be able to get it. Okay, here you go. It's a phrase in Latin. No, no, here it is. All right, in Raphael's Sistine Madonna, beautiful painting, Raphael's Sistine Madonna from 1512, one of the most recognized uh, masterpieces in the world, there are two saints in the painting. On the left is a pope, Saint Sixtus, and that's why it's called the Sistine Madonna. On the right, there's a woman. What's the name of the woman in the painting of Raphael's Sistine Madonna. And I'll tell you what, it's not Lizzie, all right? Let's go, ooh, drum roll. No, good, no. It's St. Barbara, St. Barbara. How about that? All right, so we've got one more question. All right, just in case you win it. And, and if you don't win it, I keep the coin. That's the only coin I've got left. All right, here we just do one phrase. All right, here's the phrase. Quantum potes tantum aude. Quantum potes tantum aude. It's the second line of the second stanza of which Eucharistic hymn composed by St. Thomas Aquinas. Quantum potes, tantum aude, and it describes the project of the cathedral here you're building. Which Eucharistic hymn? It's, it's close, but it's not the Pange Lingua. Pardon me? Not the Regina Chaley. I am so happy I get to keep the coin. All right. It's the Laudation. It's the sequence from the Corpus Christi Mass before the liturgy of court before the gospel and what it means in english is bring him all the praise you know he is more than you bestow never can you reach his due that explains why you are building this magnificent cathedral here at christendom because the holy eucharist is the root and center and summit of all you do bring him all the praise you know he is more than you bestow, never can you reach his due. Quantum potes, as much as possible, tantum aude, so much dare. In colloquial English, it means go all out. <laughs> so God bless you, Christendom College.